Hey everyone, a quick programming note. This episode was recorded well over a month ago before the current pandemic situation. It was also just after the vicious tornadoes occurred that ripped through the Nashville area, a place that is still struggling to recover even during these tough times. So naturally, our focus at the time was with the people of Tennessee, an area that is close to home for our guest, Nate Woodruff. Since this interview, Nate, like the rest of the whiskey world, has been working in his own community in the fight against this virus, even making a stop on his national tour to make hand sanitizer. We wanted to make sure that since it's not mentioned in this episode, we are still recognizing the amazing work being done in our communities every day against this virus. If you want to find out how you can help the recovery efforts in Nashville, the easiest way is to check out the American Red Cross at redcross.org and donate to the Disaster Relief Fund, which is doing amazing work on both fronts right now. We sincerely hope you're healthy and staying positive during these tough times. And now, on with the show. Hey there, Cash Chasers. We have a very exciting episode for you this week. If you've been listening to the last few episodes, chances are you've heard the commercial for our friend Nate Woodruff, who has embarked on a national tour to find breathtaking views and hidden whiskey gems. Nate has combined two of his passions of photography and whiskey to form Whiskey with a View that allows everyone to follow along as Nate and his dog Sky, who makes a special appearance on the show, travel the country. Nate also brings a significant amount of experience in the whiskey business, serving as a brand ambassador for such brands as Whistlepig and Glen Fittage. It's an interview that is both interesting and inspiring. So pour a dram and settle in. This is the Cash Chasers Podcast. All right, welcome everybody to the Cash Chasers podcast. Thanks for joining us as always, downloading, rating, subscribing. We appreciate everyone. We have uh, Mr. Bobby Bird in the studio. Hello. And Mr. Aaron Pross. Hey, guys. And I'm Scott Norris, and we are so glad to have you here on the Cash Chasers podcast for what is shaping up to be a very special episode. Now, if you have listened to the past few weeks on the show, you've heard our reoccurring commercial for Whiskey With A View, and uh, it's our pleasure to bring in the man himself to talk about Whiskey With A View. He's also been a, a brand ambassador for several of well-known brands, including Whistlepig, Glenfiddich, Mitcher's Distillery. And right now he is currently going around with Whiskey With A View and uh, sharing some of his stories and his pictures, putting it all out there for us to, to enjoy. And so please welcome Mr. Nate Woodruff. Welcome to the show, bud. Cheers, everyone. Thank you for having me on. Cheers, Cheers. Nate. Good to see you. Yeah. So, Nate, first off, we want to just get right to it because you, you're, you're down in Nashville, Tennessee right now. And uh, we, we all are aware of the, uh, the devastating tornadoes that happened down there. And you're, you're actually down there. You have family there. Uh, first off, everybody's OK. Yeah, yeah. My family is all situated in around the uh, Franklin and Murfreesboro area. So we were all south of, of where those tornadoes hit. OK, but you've, you've been down there uh, as part of the uh, relief efforts and um, just uh, tell us a little bit about your experience down there so far. Um, I mean, it was definitely a sobering experience in the sense that I've, I've never seen the damage from a actual tornado before. I've dealt with flooding and hurricanes. And I'm from New Jersey, so we've seen damage, especially when it came to, to Hurricane Sandy. Um, but tornado damage is a totally different level. It's uh, indiscriminate. It's sporadic. 
I mean, we were working with houses where an entire side of the block was wiped out and basically just destroyed and houses across the street were untouched, just some scattered branches. So it was scary in the sense that you don't know where this thing's going to touch down. I mean, it was an F3 uh, in Nashville. It got up to an F4, I believe, almost outside Nashville, uh, where the damage was even more, uh, was, was much worse. Um, we only had two deaths in Nashville. Um, both bartenders in the Nashville scene. Uh, I didn't know personally, but I certainly have a lot of people that did know who they were. But it was really, really incredible to watch the city come together in a really amazing way to just help um, all the people in need. So my brothers and, and my father and I, we decided to go in the day after and start cutting up trees and hauling out wreckage. And you basically just got to stack everything on the side of the street so the town can come through and pick it up. Um, but there's just people that were not able-bodied that were going by with water and snacks and everyone was very friendly and trying to help and people would just randomly join us uh, when we were helping take apart trees or, or carry stuff out of houses or tarping roofs. It was basically, we would just walk down the street and say, do you need help and what do you need help with and we'll help you do that. Um, so in a matter of two days, we cleared the majority of the fallen trees and, and whatever debris could be moved without heavy equipment and now metro's moving in and they're going to put up this, the, all the telephone lines that are down and try to get them power soon but um a lot of the relief effort will now be moving east to where the the tornadoes were even worse i'll probably be heading out there next week for a day or two to help with damage around uh, uh cooksville or uh, cookstown rather um where they lost well over 30 people i believe some are still missing considered dead um they were absolutely devastated there uh, but I mean, that was the way I was, was raised by my parents was to help people whenever you can. I mean, I had the time available. I could put off my road trip a little bit and just see what I can do to pitch in and, and help these people that have just had their homes devastated. Nate, that's, that's honestly amazing, man. And you know, I can tell you the, one of the, and we say it all the time. One of the impressive things about the whiskey community specifically is how generous everyone is. And I, um, we had our, um, our uh, black tie event, our charity event mm. in December. And I reached out to, I don't know, five, six people randomly. And you were one of the people I just reached out to and just shot in the dark and said, Hey, can I get help? And you were immediately, yes. What can I do? What can I get you guys? And you donated the bottle of, um, whistle pig to us, came and met you in, um, Atlantic city. And it was really awesome. And, you know, I, I oddly just hugged him when I saw him. I've never met him in my life. I just, I just felt like this is what an amazing community. And the rest of us apologize for we, that. By for the that, by, yeah, yeah. But I'm, uh, a, I'm a hugger, so, so yeah. don't worry. It was I'm all, usually the guy that gets chided for, for going in for a big hug right away. So it, does, it doesn't surprise me to see you, you know, down there doing amazing stuff. And, you know, the Cash Chasers organization, we're trying to do our best to do what we can, donations and getting people down there. But thank you. And it's it's just it's just really cool to see and very awesome and I I pray for those people down there and don't, you know we find the ones we can't find and whatnot but um on behalf of you know this podcast thank you it's awesome yeah and what I I just want to spin off that a, a little bit also Nate um the you know uh, tragic events like this you know uh, natural disasters terrorist stuff this sort of thing really does make a lot of just people in general sort of step up 
And that's one thing I really love to see is there are situations where you could potentially see sort of the worst in humanity and you actually wind up seeing the best in humanity, which is mind blowing. And to go back to Bobby's initial point, I maybe it's just because we're plugged in to the to the whiskey community. I feel like whiskey people are like that all year round. Anytime, anytime, anytime you want to ask. And I mean, we've talked to people doing, um, you know, documentaries, this thing, that thing. And they they're just consistently saying the only word they hear is yes from everybody. And I just thank thank you for being one of those people that's able to actually, you know, like go out there and make a sacrifice and and all that sort of thing as well. During your movement, you're, you know, which we're going to get into, but, you know, you're doing really cool stuff. Um, you know, traveling the United States and to stop midway just to jump in and help. And then I assume uh, hopefully to keep pick back up and keep going. Really awesome. But anyway, cool. Nate, do you have, uh, is there anywhere specific people can go to donate? I know the uh, Red Cross has a fund set up for the Carolinas. And do you know of anything specific? Um, I mean, there are so many out there right now. The only thing I recommend is, is really vet what you're donating to. Um, unfortunately, there are a lot of scams out there that are just, just GoFundMe's that are set up that look legit. Just make sure to do your research. And I've, I've watched people throw away, you know, good money. I I donated all my Patreon proceedings from this past uh, month right to it. But I mean, I researched whatever uh, whatever organization I was looking into. Mine went to the USBG, United States Bartender Guild of Tennessee, since a lot of the bartenders were displaced. So I sent all my Patreon funds this month to that. Um, nice, but nice. Just, just make sure to look into what you're donating. There are lots of options. Um, pretty much all of them are good as long as you just, just like I said, just make sure you know what you're donating to because there are people that will just take that money. I'll, I'll get you guys some links after this and, and that, that I know are, are legit. Okay, great. And also for listeners, you know, I donate to the Patreon um, you know, piece and we're going to put that up too. So, you know, help Nate out a little bit. We'll get Again, we'll get into that, but it's really cool you use that to do something amazing. So awesome, awesome. So switching gears, Nate, uh, take us into uh, kind hi, of sky. Hi, this is the most famous bark you're going to hear. That's right. Cash chasers, no sky, right? It's in our commercial as well. Um, but take us back a little towards the beginning and, you know, how you got into this and what led to some of the ambassadorships that you had and uh, how that how that all came about. Yeah, sure. So. Um, I got into whiskey uh, probably around the age of 24. Um, before that, I was definitely your uh, kind of like your your standard frat boy, if you will. You know, drinking Captain and Gingers and shots of Jaeger and terrible Miller Lite. You know, the usual. I mean, I still do. <laughs> it's a Miller Lite. I'm not going to lie. Um, Sometimes but, it's just right. Yeah. When I was younger, I, I had uh, procured some of my father's whiskey. I like Jack that specifically and and uh you know let's just say it was a rough night for me and uh, i told myself i'd never drink whiskey again uh <laughs> which, I, which i did not do for many years until years later i had a, a old bar manager on my birthday give me a bottle of maker's mark and a rocks glass and go you know here happy birthday i said scott i, I don't drink whiskey he goes this isn't whiskey this is bourbon and he goes you're gonna have one glass of this on the rocks a night for every night for the next seven days so just one glass on the rocks tonight. I was like, all right, I trust you. I'll do it. Fine. By day five, I was hooked. I felt like, you know, I was being a man. I was drinking whiskey. You know, I wasn't drinking these these little teenager drinks that I was used to. And I, after that, I, I kind of just 
really started enjoying the flavor rather than just the process of, you know, being a 23 year old and getting drunk all the time. Um, so I became fascinated by the process and how it was made and the different flavor profiles. And I just went down this rabbit hole that to this day I continue going down of just exploring and studying and learning everything I can. And, and, um, that was actually what brought my father and I very close together as we started doing that at the same time. We would split a bottle every weekend well, buy a bottle every weekend, you know, split a bottle, <laughs> buy a bottle every weekend and, and taste new things and start our own little collection and we'd get together on Saturdays and try this and that. And then started going to like different whiskey events. Back then there was really only Whiskey Live, Whiskey Fest, and then one by me called Whiskey Guild, which has since spread. And uh, when I went to that, I got to start actually meeting brand ambassadors and I became fascinated by that. I was working in the bar restaurant industry at the time. So I said, you know what, I want to be a brand ambassador. That looks like an awesome job. Um, so I got tapped by a couple brands. Um, Edrington was interested in me at first, and then William Grant, who owns Glenfiddich, Balvenie, uh, Tullamore Hudson, Monkey Shoulder, all that. Stuff you've never uh, heard of. Yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> they came into my bar, um, who's, I was running their whiskey program and cocktail program, and they offered me a part-time job working as an associate brand ambassador for New Jersey for all of their whiskey brands. Um, I was over the moon. It was the first time I cried in a long time was when I got that job. Uh, and I knew I was on my way to something that I loved. And so I worked with those brands for three years, uh, occasionally just do some work on the side for them. Uh, but they were awesome brands to cut my teeth on. And then after three years with that, that's when I decided to pursue a more full-time career in the whiskey industry and quit bartending. And that was, I was offered the national position with, uh, with Michter's, which to the best of my knowledge, I was still probably one of the youngest guys to get a national position. I was only 27 at the time when I was running the United States and Canada and opened up Mexico for them, which was a really interesting experience as well. What was your first dive into uh, brand ambassador? Well, that was with William Grant. With William Grant. Uh, okay. Yep. Yep. So working with those brands as an associate brand ambassador. So it wasn't full time. It was kind of just like weekend work, doing anything from tastings at liquor stores to getting up to staff trainings and occasional dinner once I got my legs or big events like, you know, Whiskey Fest or Whiskey Guild and stuff like that. So it was a great way to kind of cut my teeth and learn the business. Gotcha. So it's it seems glamorous from an outside looking in and to listeners, they're thinking this guy's a hero, you know, <laughs> doing what we are you tall? Are you saying we travel the United States and push whiskey on people? Um, is, is there a point that becomes mundane and kind of you know the same thing over and over again, or is is it is it like most jobs? What's the next step? Okay, what's the next step? Well, for a lot of people that I know in this industry, they do love working as a brand ambassador. Um, it is an awesome job to have. Uh, the only things you really have to keep in check are your personal health. It's very difficult when your your job is to give people and also drink whiskey. Like you gotta, you gotta have to do the, the checks and balances and make sure that you're, you know, aligned and not dependent. Um, that's why I take a month off every year in January. I don't drink at all. Um, just to kind of recenter myself, make sure that I'm not slipping into to a form of alcoholism, which unfortunately can become pretty prevalent, but sure. shockingly enough, given the industry isn't as bad as you'd think. Right. Uh, most people hold each other accountable very well. Uh, it's a very much a family environment. Even if everyone's working for different brands, it's, it's not. There's not a lot of people squabbling, um, which is really really interesting. It is a good job uh, for me personally. I became very burnt out when I was running national. Um, I was traveling constantly to everywhere from Europe to Mexico to Canada to all over the United States. 
it was amazing. I got to meet awesome people, but I just couldn't keep up. I was getting fat. I couldn't work out. I couldn't see anyone that I wanted to see. I was commuting into Manhattan and, and it just got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, I mean, I, it, I left on very amicable terms with Mictors and, and they remained a, I remained a consultant for them for over a year after, um, and still remain, maintain a good friendship, but it's just, I don't do well with constant, constant work. I'm very fiercely independent and I like to do my own thing. And so, um, with that certain position, other people have taken positions like that and do a great job. They're able to do it. Unfortunately, I'm super stubborn. I like to do my own thing. Uh, and so it's just for myself, I'm brutally honest. I won't lie to myself. So I just said, I can't do this. I, I even though I was making more money than I could ever have possibly made before then it was just, it wasn't working out, which was a wake up call at a young age for me that money means little to nothing to me. It means to an end. I'm not materialistic. I don't need things. I just want to do my own thing, which is why I'm currently homeless and jobless and living out of a van around the country. Which and still, and love. still a hero to most. And, and the fan in me wants you to keep going. The pettiness in me wants you to get a little fat. And I'm tired of. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean, oh, for sure. We're all on. Give that us page. a break, that's, dude. That's just to help your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Nate, I, was uh, was was photography always a hobby of yours as well? How did that? How did those those pictures those, are amazing? How did those two things intersect? So, um, I grew up. Well, when it comes to, we'll give a little bit more backstory. So, yeah. my my family is is I'm one of five boys. I'm the oldest of five boys. Um, God God bless my parents. Uh, <laughs> and but we were brought up to be to you know play outdoors go on hikes go get dirty in the creeks you know scrape your knees up stub your toe get dirty get bruised um and it's something that i'm extremely thankful for i don't think there's enough of that anymore everyone's too sheltered uh and so i always had a, a deep love for the outdoors and nature uh and so when i was working in the bar restaurant industry i kind of i wasn't hiking i wasn't out and about as much and there was a time where I was going through a rough patch in my life and I was like, you know, I just need to go clear my head. I'm just going to go for a hike. And sure enough, that, during that quick hike, I was like, oh, I, I missed this. This is therapeutic. This is great. So I grew up with my, my father had a photo book of Ansel Adams. If you don't know who Ansel Adams was, he, he basically took some of the most amazing outdoor pictures of Yosemite National Park in California. So I grew up looking at his work and saying, I want to take pictures like that. Um, I ended up going to film school for all of high school, so I had a background uh, in that, especially cinematography. I love visual. Um, but other than that, after I got out of high school, I just went right into the bar restaurant industry like most people that try to get into film because it doesn't pay the bills very well. <laughs> um, so and I never really got out of it. And then um, when it came to my style of photography, I was blogging about whiskey, but instead of using an internet blog, I was just using Instagram, which there were like maybe three other guys doing. Um, for me, it really wasn't anything, it wasn't so much for other people to read. It was kind of like a great way for me to have a visual journal of just a picture of a bottle I'd had and a brief description of what I learned about it, the tasting notes. But as Instagram started blowing up and that became an arguably a more popular way of reviewing, uh, uh, whiskeys, um, I started getting a lot of followers just that, that wanted to read my reviews and wanted to know my opinion, which of course encouraged me to branch out more and try new things. And a couple brands started reaching out and sending me little samples, which I was overjoyed by. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And then one day on a whim, on one of my hikes, I took a bottle of whiskey with me and was like, I'm just going to do this together and put it in a stream on a rock and 
took a picture of my phone and posted my review of it. And that got way more, you know, likes and engagement than anything I'd wow. ever posted before. So I was like, oh, cool. I'm onto something. I'm just going to do this all the time. So every hike I'd go on, I'd throw a bottle in my backpack and bring it out into the woods and take a scenic picture. And it just started getting ri ridiculously popular, like way more than I, I still don't understand why or how I just blew up, um, started going viral, started getting featured on the chive and, and Buzzfeed. And then now thousands of people have kind of emulated that style. And many of them are far more talented than I am. It's in, in our amazing location. So for me doing the photography, it was never about business. It was never about a paycheck. It still isn't. It's not a competition for me. Like a lot of people get very competitive and say, oh, you know, like my mind is like, this is my competitor. This is someone that I have to compete with in order to, to take pictures. For me, I encourage everyone to interact and to have a community. And I feature people's work. I try to feature people's work every week on, on Featured Friday. Um, and I get to get tagged in and see the most beautiful pictures of whiskey all all over the world, from the base camp of Mount Everest to to you know out in Chile to wherever you name it, I've I've seen people take pictures of whiskey there, and that's one of my favorite things in the world to to witness. Yeah, and so it, you you had talked about how eventually this started to catch on and people started to notice, and and a lot of these. Um, uh, places started to reach out to you. And so, it, you know, it, like I read a Forbes magazine article, 2018. Forbes, for God's sake. Yeah, Forbes magazine, where they, you know, they were interviewing about how to land your dream job. And you were you were talking through that. I mean, when 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 people like that reach out to you, does that I mean, are you how do you prepare yourself for that? Or do you just kind of dive in and and you just go with the flow? Um, I just talked to the interviewer. I didn't actually know my, my friend. Brad, I knew he worked. He, he worked as a freelance writer for many different bigger magazines. So I didn't actually know what where that article was going until he sent me the link, and I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> Forbes!" Yeah. Like, I, wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Um, but no, I mean, I, I talk to everyone the same. It doesn't. The way I'm talking to you now is the way that you know he sent me just basically some some questions over email, and I answered them honestly and, and to the best of my ability. Aaron. And that's the article. Aaron and I did an interview and it, it went to Highlights, I think, magazine. So you can find yeah, that in your yeah, local highlight. dentist office or <laughs> right. if you guys want to Well, my first one was on Ranger Rick when he arrested me. For yes. <laughs> well, before we get into uh, Whiskey with a View, we all have whiskey here to taste. Uh, and I know, Nate, you have some whiskey over there that you're, uh, you're, you're sipping on. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you have, uh, what you're drinking right now? Yeah. So yesterday I went over to Bell Meats and Simon in Franklin, right by Nashville, visiting parent, my, my family. And they had their release party for their, um, for their special cask this year, which is a honey cask. Mm. Um, but it's not flavored. So what they do is they, um, sell one of their barrels. Well, I'm not sure if they sell or give to a local, I don't know what you call it, a honery, honey, honeyry, uh, a honey yeah, business. That's probably it. Uh, called Truby. And what they do is they age their honey in the whiskey barrel. Which oh, wow. Is really, yep. And then they dump that and then they give it or sell it back or whatever their deal is back to to, to Nelson Greenbriars. And then they put the whiskey back into that barrel. So it does have like a, a honey finish to it. Um, so it is cast strength. This one's 115.8 proof. Um, it is MGP bourbon. Uh, but then, then you just get this, it's interesting. You get a little bit of honey on the nose, but 
the majority of that honey taste is, is back on the finish. It's a very long clinging finish. Mm. Uh, so it's a very interesting experiment. But but yesterday they the release party also coincided with raising funds for the tornado victims. There were over a thousand people there. There were over five people. Wow. There were over five people lined up before the distillery opened to buy a bottle of whiskey. It was basically sold out before nine a.m. That's amazing. Um, and unfortunately, it was just getting flipped all over the internet for hundreds of dollars. Which naturally, my father and I popped it as soon as we got home, right next to the campfire, because that's the way I like my whiskey. So, yep. very cool. As I said yesterday, I like my whiskey sipped, not shipped. <laughs> I like nice. that. I like that. Are you a um, so? I assume your go-to is bourbon. Are you a high-proof fan? I mean, um, are you one of the cast strength only, or what is your go-to? No, I don't want to ask. I, mean, I don't want to say favorite, but go-to. Well, for me, I'm fortunate enough in my position to taste hundreds, if not thousands, of whiskeys a year. So I don't really have a set type right now. I'm really grooving on and really, really pushing for American single malts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man. Yeah, so I've had some really, really good ones coming out that I've been tasting throughout the years. Um, I love the single malt category. I kind of cut my teeth with Scotch single malt, um, but at the same time, like it depends. It really depends on the day and the time of the year. Like I really crave rye in the fall. I love rye whiskey in the fall. Sure, uh, bourbon is definitely a winter drink for me, and then Scotch. I can usually, I'll usually do more in the uh, the spring, and then summers. It's just gin and soda. I don't drink a lot of whiskey. <laughs> it's too damn hot. I just start sweating instantly. So if I do drink any whiskey in the summer, it's, you know, at night, uh, like on my porch reading a book. But if it's super hot, I don't even touch it. I just can't. It just It's too – I just start sweating immediately. So we say this a lot. You know, we're, we're – we, you know, have a whiskey podcast and an enthusiast group and, you know, other things. And when We have people, a whiskey podcast? We do. We oh. do. I don't know if you knew about that. Um, so what happens to us is, you know, we'll go to a party or something and somebody will say, I assume you want whiskey and they'll hand it to us. And right. I make the joke all the time. Sometimes right. I want a cold Coors Light, man. Yeah. Just hand me, you know, sometimes. Yeah, and a hush comes <laughs> over the room. It's like, right. why is yeah. he – do you get that a lot? Is people Are they just handing you whiskey when you really want to – you know, maybe a daiquiri will do it. No, not so much a daiquiri, but <laughs> – Dang, I, I really of, want a daiquiri, like, and I want somebody else to want one too. I kind of, I kind of like. I'm, I'm with you. I like, I like shitty beer. Uh, one of the things my my mother has said to me before is, I, I wish you had the taste in women that you do in whiskey, but generally you have the same taste in women as you do beer, and it's That's not good. So funny. So. <laughs> a shitty beer is so good sometimes, oh, like, isn't it? I'm, oh, I'm, I'm from, I'm from Baltimore. I'm from PBR. I'm from Baltimore originally, so I grew up with Natty Bo which PBR uh, bought. So that is that is a shitty whiskey right there, and I'll drink it all day long. I will after, after a hike, after a hike, all I crave is like an ice-cold shitty beer. That's like my favorite <laughs> thing after a hike. I agree. That's just fantastic. walk into a bar and order that. Can I get an ice cold shitty beer? Yep. Like, like, you're, like <laughs> you go to a bar that nobody sees you at? In your bag, please. <laughs> Bobby, we have the larceny here, right? Yeah. The barrel proof is what the barrel we, proof. we've got. It's it, We did a uh, kind of a video you know, review on it for the group, but um, it gets a lot of haters. It's, it's, got, it's it, really polarizing. It's, it, it the, is. People either love it or they hate it. Look, it's not mind-blowing. No. But it's, it's not meant to be. It's not meant to be. I'm a weeded whiskey guy. I like weeded whiskey. Right, yeah, and I'm so a, am I. I'm a scotch man. That's my go-to. I, I prefer scotch over anything else. Like you, I like a single malt American whiskey. Oh, and if I'm going to drink an American bourbon, it's, it's typically a weeded bourbon. Or, you know, there's some weeded whiskeys out there that are fantastic, too. Mm. So I like the wheat. I like the burn of the high proof. I think they work together. 
it's almost it almost has a creme brulee kind of thing. I'm not sure. saying that wrong. Yeah. No, but, you're um, not saying that wrong. My you French just is, say stuff. My we'll French, correct you. We'll my correct French you when it's wrong, I promise. I'm working on it. But uh, I, I, French is off. You know? <laughs> yeah, the, the French is the problem, pal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, my English, my French. That's right. Your talking is off. Um, but uh, but I think for what it is, I think I think a high proof weeded bourbon. It's, it's it just works. I, I was worried about it gouging, like you said, Nate. You know, when it hits that open market, and then people, are, it didn't. Um, you know, I was a big fan of McKenna too, and I stopped drinking it after it hit that market. I just, it just pissed me off to be candid. Sure. Um, and I hate, oh, yeah. it's not the distiller's fault all the time. I mean, Buffalo Trace swears that's not their gain, but it happens. And, it, you know, you see Pappy out there for ridiculous amounts of dollars. So I was worried that Larceny would do it too. It didn't, I think because of the reviews. Well, and yeah, I think that's because of how polarizing it. I think, I think people, I think even people that do like it are like scared to say anything. Um, it's where, it's rich. It's a rich caramely, yeah. you know, a lot of wood in the on the on the front there, and and it finishes nice with a good burn and a sweet pepper kind of thing going on, and um, it's not complex, but there's a good balance. And now he sees us. We turn the Skype. We're skyping. That's right. So <laughs> I thought so I, I thought this was the part where your shirts are off. I, I was just going to say, <laughs> I'm glad I put my shirt oh on. My gosh, I thought we could wear the robes. <laughs> Usually we do this shirtless in kilts, um, but uh, today we knew we were going to be on Skype, so, so we, we had to dress to up. Um, but uh, I, have you had it? Have you you haven't had the the no, barrel bird? Yeah, not, actually not had it. I'd be curious to know what you think. I, I like to I like to hear. I mean, especially you, you're not a weeded guy. You said that before, but I'm curious to know because it, it's not. The wheat isn't overbearing. It's not. Well, wheated, wheated for me is kind of like I, I like it, it has to if it's a wheat, wheat whiskey in general, I've never had a wheat whiskey that I like um, unless it's honestly the young, younger wheat whiskey that I've had mm-hmm. craft distilling is good. Mm-hmm. But even like when Parker's Heritage, when they came out with that 13 year that people went crazy for, yep. I get my bottle away. I tried like over the course of four months to, to get into it and I just could not. Yeah, it wasn't my thing. But same with weeders, I like definitely overproof is is something that I've noticed my palate really enjoys, which is why I'm interested in the larceny. Um, like when it comes to like Weller, like 107 is the only one I like. Like I can't stand good stuff, there. Yeah. 12, 12, I just don't understand why people go crazy for it. Yeah. But that's also not my taste profile. That's like if you give me Dickel, I'm going to smell it and be like, you can keep your Flintstone vitamins. I want nothing to do with this. I, know. <laughs> I was I'm the same way. I wasn't a big fan I of Dickel. And and you know drink your whiskey the way you want it. I didn't like Dickel. I'm not a I'm not yeah. a fan of t- Tennessee whiskeys. I guess yeah. It's in just... general, I I I've I have after the past several months. Um, if after we had the episode where we half jokingly you know we demolished did a, did a, did a tasting so of, of Jack Daniels, I really did start exploring a lot of a lot of the whiskeys that do the Lincoln County process, and I was just like no no. I don't, I don't love it. I don't love it. And then we, we tried the, the Dickel bottled in bond and I was like, I, I mean, it's okay, I guess, but it's just, it's just not my thing. Um, if you, if you like the Dickel taste profile, that is the biggest steal on the market. It's a, at least the one they sent right. me 13 year, 13 yeah. year bonded. Yeah. For like, was it 37 bucks? Yeah. Right around that. I mean, which is the right like price. That, if you like, yeah. If you like the profile, it's a steal. It's fantastic. But for me, like that's and that's one thing that I do love about the whiskey community is is everyone can argue because not everyone has the same palate right, and then right. we just have a little bit of fun making fun of each other for what we like. Yeah, well, and, I, and uh, you said you said something that I've seen a lot also because I mean you know when you when you get into whiskey and you know. You, uh, some of your bottles you're spending you know twenty thirty forty bucks but you know you get a couple <laughs> bottles you're spending two three four four five hundred bucks even more on them but 
again, going back to the whiskey community being very generous, whiskey people just give whiskey away if they don't like it. And oh, I like, love I mean, that. I know, know you. And there's some, you know, there's some that are just going to keep it and hoard it and, you know, try to flip it, whatever. But um, guy, at, at one of our tastings, um, a guy gave me a, uh, a I forget which Jefferson, um, a Jefferson's uh, salt Salterns finish, which I mean, isn't a super expensive, but I mean, 125, 150, somewhere in there. And I was, and I was, I was sitting there drinking it with him, and I was like, "You don't like this?" He's like, "No." I was like, "I was like, I really like this." He's like, "Ah, take it home." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, all right." So I took it home. I looked it up later. I was like, "Jeez, this dude just gave me a you know hundred and forty dollar bottle of whiskey," and that's just, it's again, hard to that, say you don't like a whiskey you got for free, right? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. and 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 that you too. Um, American single malts. I wanted to come back to really quick, just so we can waste all of your time. Um, <laughs> the uh, I had my very first American single malt literally a week or two ago. Um, at, I, I stopped in uh, a guy we talk about sometimes on the You had the, the Balconis with me. Did I? Yeah. Oh, that was the second one. I That's had that my after. favorite I had that one after. Single malt. So uh, yeah. a handful of weeks ago, I had my first American single malt, which was the uh, Hill Rock. The Hill Rock American, sing- American single malt. and blah, 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 Sorry. Hill Rock American single malt. And um, I hadn't had one before, and I was like, what is this? This is awesome. And since then, I've been digging into them. I tried the Balconis one. I love that. Great. That's a and great And that's, that's an, a new – I mean, it's not like regulated or really, um, you know, like legally classified yet. But, I mean, that's something that I've really been getting into. And I think that is because, like Bobby, I am more of a scotch guy. And it's just I'm, – I'm just loving the stuff that we're seeing from some of the big guys, some of the craft distillers and all that. I, I just like that there's so much out there and everybody's just so – giving and kind and all that sort of thing are you visiting distilleries along i mean i know you are but are there are you are they welcoming you in uh, different states are you getting an opportunity to kind of visit what the states are bringing in the different distillers and small distillers in the states and whatnot any favorite any ones that stand out to you that i know they're all awesome don't say favorite (laughs) yeah i mean i'll put it in perspective when i when i started working in this industry and getting into it i think there were under 80 licensed distilleries in the united states like you could actually keep track of them and Fast forward to now, there are over 2,000, I believe. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. I have almost on a weekly, if not sometimes daily basis, I'll have distilleries reach out to me. Now, not as often, but when, when it was really happening, I had craft guys reaching out to me from all corners of the country that I've never heard of before. Um, uh, a lot of it, unfortunately, at first was MGP, and I'm like, like I've had it. I know what it's going to taste like. It's good. Just don't charge too much. But now as we progress and a lot of those distilleries that were just sourcing that have kind of been eliminated, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still plenty that source that are awesome. Like barrels. I'm a big barrel fan. Yeah. Um, their, their blend of single malts, American single malts was fantastic. I love that bottle. That came okay. out. Whistle um, pig came a long way with that too. Sourcing from exactly. whistle pig did the same thing, right? Canada sourcing from there, but then they made it their own pretty quickly. Uh, well, it took about a decade, but yeah, oh, quickly, <laughs> for, quickly for small distillery. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and then you're seeing more of that with the, like the farm stock rye. Each one has more of whistle pigs yeah. original in it. Yeah. But one of the things I've noticed is a lot of these craft distilleries and what I love about visiting them, I've been fortunate enough to visit a lot and over the next 10 months, I'm going to be visiting a ton more is a lot of them are really paying attention to quality. When it's quality of grains, uh, when it comes to barrel entry proof, longer fermentation times, uh, the quality of barrel that they're using, really paying attention to everything from the char to the how long it's uh, seasoned for. People are really starting to say, hey, 
we can't just throw stuff in a barrel and ship it out with a pretty label anymore. Like we actually have to focus on people are paying attention. Good. And I mean, there are some companies like I have one of my sponsors is, is a Brooklyn distillery out of Brooklyn um, spelled B R E U C K E L E N. It took me forever to remember how to spell it, but they have a six year malt whiskey that is just phenomenal. And they're, he's doing everything from using a specific type of barley to, Ferment, his fermentation time is like 10 to 14 days, which is ridiculous, wow. ridiculously long. Yeah. But it makes it so oily and viscous that when you drink this stuff, it's like just coats your mouth. It's, it's just saliva inducing. It's ridiculously good. Um, but that's what a lot of distilleries are doing now, which I'm excited to, to go around the country and visit them and see the progress they've made over the years. I mean, like the guys out of Westland are brilliant. Um, they're coming out with some stuff. I'm visiting some some folks out in uh, out in uh, Wyoming and Montana that are coming out with some high altitude aged uh, single malts that I'm really excited to get into more and more. Um, but there are just so many different places, many distilleries that I have visit set up, and then there are going to be a bunch that I just find randomly or I get invited to randomly that people that follow along in my journey are going to be able to kind of discover along with me. That's so cool. Um, so I'm really excited for people to not just see a page that just puts bottles up and reviews them, but I'm going to be going in to the places where they're made and interviewing the people that make it, getting into the nitty gritty, getting into the details. And then, yeah, you know, some, some pretty, some pretty shots will, so will happen along the way too. So, um, it's going to be this, this go around of, I've done uh, cross country before, but this go around is going to be very in depth. And a lot of these places are starting to crank out some quality stuff. And especially with the Scotch tariffs coming into place rapidly, um, a lot of people are going to be turning toward the craft whiskey market yeah. as instead of paying a ton more. So this is like their time to shine. And it just so happens with the timing that a lot of them have actual aged product now. Like it's not just one and two year or 36 month whiskey. It's actual aged uh, straight under the category straight and, and it's just going to keep going up. So I'm super psyched. Yeah, that's awesome. So Nate, we talked about your, uh, you know, your love for photography, your love for whiskey and, you know, those two things come together and we get whiskey with a view, right? And so uh, we want to just talk a little bit about that and talk about the tour that you've already alluded to a little bit, but, um, you know, the creation of that uh, that account was just the realization of both of these loves coming together, right? And I mean, to the point where, you know, 2018 scotchwhiskey.com called it one of the top 10 whiskey Instagram accounts out there. Just tell us a little bit about, you know, what the, the, the premise of Whiskey with a View is and the, the road trip that you're embarking on. And, uh, you know, our listeners have been listening, hearing our commercial and, and, and talking about your travels there, but just, uh, you know, set the scene for us. Sure. So, I mean, like I said before, the, the premise was pretty easy. It was just combining my two loves, which are the outdoors and hiking and, and, you know, drinking whiskey. Um, but what it came down to was creating and establishing a community of people doing the same thing as me as well, um, which has kind of helped me push my brand in a way um, because I'm constantly interacting with them and talking with them. Um, but this was kind of like my dream project for many years. I, since I was a kid, I wanted to do a full year-long cross-country road trip. Um, and then several years ago, I decided, hey, why don't I do that and involve whiskey? But it wasn't feasible. You know, I, I had a, was living, had a job, uh, I got a dog, and I was just like, all right, well, it'll, it'll, it'll maybe happen one day. And then all of a sudden this past year, I was like, you know what? I have the contacts. I develop and grow as a person to live frugally. Um, I can do this. I can get rid of all of my stuff. 
I can get rid of my house. I can get rid of everything that I don't need and just be a nomad and live on the road and explore these things with no responsibilities. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's been almost a month and it's the most freeing and amazing experience that I have ever, ever had. I donated six garbage bags full of clothes. I threw out, I don't even know how much stuff that I looked at and was like, oh, but there's some sentimental value. And, and you know, a week later, I don't even remember what I threw out. Like it was nothing important. Stuff that people attach things and needs to stuff that aren't at all necessary and, and can 100% not, you don't need these certain things that you attach value to. So for me, it was like, all right, what I need is obviously my dog. I need some clothes, um, perhaps a choice few bottles of whiskey and then my, you know, camping gear, hiking gear, survival stuff. Um, and then obviously, you know, anything from like, you know, documents and passport, the, the important stuff. So I ended up consolidating my entire life into two suitcases, uh, a bag, two boxes, and I fit it all in my car. And that's that's insane uh, I, I get the same so not to compare but sometimes when i'm taking the garbage out from the front to the back of the house or vice versa it's just freeing that my kid i have four kids that, <laughs> and my wife and i love them but just to be away from them so <laughs> just for that short little journey and i'm like i could live here for a little I while should, i should take a picture of a bottle of whiskey while i'm out here i'm pretty sure I, i'm pretty sure that's exactly the same what yeah, i'm what yeah, i'm yeah. jokingly but what i'm saying is vicariously i mean there's a lot of people that are going to be you know, exploring and living through that. And I think that's why we're so impressed and amazed by it. You could just, we don't live in a day and age where people can just drop their stuff and that are willing to drop their stuff. Yeah. yeah that's more. It is people, people can't willing, sickness. willingly it's, drop it, their and stuff. I, yeah. I hate to use the word sickness. I mean, but, but you're gonna, but I will. And <laughs> to just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's impressive that you're able to just do that. And well, I mean, I don't, I don't really have it. I don't have, uh, I don't have kids. I don't have a wife or anything. So it's like, I don't really have any responsibility other than myself and my dog. So for me, it really wasn't all that difficult. My friends all understand like how I am. I've always been one to travel and just leave it for days at a time and do my own thing. I'm very comfortable and very happy just being on my own. Um, but for me, when it comes to this and one thing that I, I'm really hoping inspires people and it had already started, has begun to is one thing I do that's very different from everyone else is the fact that what I do is free. It doesn't cost much to go climb up a mountain or hike in the woods or go camping. It's very, very cheap. Like I'm not one of those guys that, that wants to get rich and show off watches and cars and swanky hotels and expensive food. Like I want to go live in the woods, forage, maybe hunt, go cook something over an open fire, you know, have hot coffee when the sun breaks and go to bed when the sun goes down. Like what I'm doing is kind of taking a step back from what the norm is and kind of going back to an age. It's just living that day-to-day -day lifestyle in a very simplistic and cheap way. I mean, I'm, I'm making this journey on a budget of $2,000 a month. Like God that's, that's my, my, it costs less, it costs more to just live somewhere. But it does, and, and not just for me to have a bill for cell phone and car insurance. As a as a father, and I'm not saying that day will come for you. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But if that day comes or whatever, when you're older, this is going to have so much currency to look back on and to speak to. The, I mean, regardless of what you do, just to to be brave enough to do something like that and experience it, it's it's just awesome and freeing. Um, yeah, I mean, there was that scary period where I almost when I was struggling to make it work. Um, and there, I gave myself, you know, I'm sure you remember seeing that I gave myself the, 
the 24 hour pity party of being depressed and upset, like, Oh, my dreams are crushed, blah, blah, blah. And then instead of letting myself harp on that and just giving up, I was like, no, you're doing this. You're going to make it happen. You're going for broke. You're going to pull every single string that you have. You're going to talk to every single person in your network and reach out to as many people as you can. You're going to make this trip happen. And it also would not have happened without support of people like you, like people who encouraged me and said, keep doing this. You got this. You know, here's a contact that might be able to work with you. Maybe you can work out a deal with this brand for a little bit each month. And through the help of the whiskey community, I wouldn't, I, I'm going to be able to pull this off. And, and it's something that as much as I did put in my own, my own effort and it is my decision to do it, I don't think I would have been able to do this without the support of, of awesome people like yourselves that, that have been an encouragement and, you know, it's something that I don't take for granted and I don't take lightly. And that's why this trip is going to be my, my best work. This is going to be my project. This is going to be a, another level of, of adventure and photography and soon to be videography that I've never done before. And it's going to be extremely special. I'm really excited to show what I have planned and, uh, <laughs> it hasn't even started yet. Oh, no, I'm not well, yeah, Nate, I got to tell you, we we really salute you for everything you do, uh, the way you do it. And uh, our listeners have heard it's not you do have the account. It's there to help just the the the, uh, the necessary expenses. And then everything else goes to charity, which is just one more reason it's why beautiful. it's this is such a beautiful thing. And the way you go about it is fantastic. And w whatever you do coming up, we just uh, want you to know you always have a platform here to help share the, spread the word. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah man. So, uh, Nate, as we get to wrap up, buddy, is there anything uh, we can anywhere people can go to check you out? Um, where where can they plug time? Where, where can they go? Um, I mean, the easiest way to follow along on the adventure is on Instagram. So it's just whiskey with a view. Uh, no E in whiskey, just because I came from a scotch background. So that's how it is. I do get a little <laughs> bit of shit of that in America, but deal with it. <laughs> we so. like it. That's, that's the easiest. Also, um, if you do want to support on Patreon, um, I'm doing a giveaway on there. I'm going to be actually uh, hand-delivering a bottle of George T. Stag to someone anywhere in the country. It doesn't matter where. If you sign up for the $15 a month tier, Sky and I will come drop a bottle off and we'll pop it and enjoy it. Um, but the Patreon ranges from anywhere to $5 a month, which is super cheap, which just helps with gas, to I do have an ultimate – an ultimate tier at 500 a month where you get to shave my beard at the end of the trip. But I have anyone's going to pick that up. Bro, I seriously looked at that. I seriously in. looked at that Don't for do a it. minute. Don't do it. For a minute, I seriously looked at that. Well, I have a feeling some bourbon group or some distillery is going to end up snapping that up at some point just because <laughs> of the But I had to throw it there because obviously I trimmed down. But from here on out, it's just grown. I'm going full wild man for 10 months. So yes. we're going to see how it looks. Nice. Um, nice. But also on my Instagram, um, I will be posting all of my sponsors. If you do end up following, please follow them. Without them as well, this journey wouldn't be possible. I've got some really cool whiskey brands. I've got a beard brand that I'm working with, a coffee brand. I saw that. I'm excited about the coffee brand. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that's going to be announced. Well, actually, it's the first time I've talked about it publicly, but it will be announced in the next week or so. Um, but there's going to be all sorts of fun things. And then on the Patreon Anyone that, that, that joins the Patreon will get sneak preview of everything, uh, update on my location so that we can meet up for a drink. Um, and uh, yeah, you get to pet Sky because she's going to be with me the whole time. I want my $15 to only go to treats, just so you know that. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Oh, and then, like you said at the end, yeah, so the Patreon is only for expenses. 
So it'll be for anything from gas, food, occasionally a hotel so that I can shower and not be a total wild man, you know, skies, food. But if there's anything extra like this month since I resided mostly in, in Tennessee and worked my way down the East Coast, I donated everything to the tornado relief cool. because I didn't have any expenses. Um, but every month if I don't if, – if there's any extra money – um, that'll go to charity, which also um, on the Patreon, I'll let them, uh, I'll let you guys have a say in, in where that goes. But I really want to work with like local animal shelters or veterans groups, stuff like that. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we'll we will help spread the word wherever we can, Nate. And we uh, we really enjoy following along with everything you do. And like I said, uh, you always have a, a platform here to uh, help spread the word whenever you need it. Uh, thanks for calling in. Thanks for being on the uh, the podcast. And uh, we can't wait to see where you uh, where you go next. All right. Cheers, gentlemen. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate it, Nate. Thank you. Thanks a lot, buddy. Well, thank you to Nate for sharing his stories and experiences. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening to the Cash Chasers podcast. Make sure you check out all of Nate's adventures on social media. You can find him on Facebook and Instagram at Whiskey with a View. That's no E in whiskey. Or if you want to help support Nate's journey, which we strongly encourage, you can do so by going to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And searching for Whiskey with a View for all of the available options. So cash chasers, remember, it's not about finding that perfect view or perfect dram. It's all in the chase. <laughs>